Hi, and welcome back to the Dell Show. This is Jake, and we'll be your host today. <laughs> that was over dramatic. Shut up and sit down. Because this message is for the, the experienced cyclists who've been at this a long time. You guys do not screw this up. Do not screw this up and make cycling this obnoxious, exclusive sport anymore with your dumb rules and uh, and making fun of the new guy on the group ride. Here's my sunscreen. I got the disc break. I got my fork ranked. I got my seat dropped. I push a You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. Dr. Martin Luther King once said that the function of education is to teach one to think intensively and to think critically. Intelligence plus character. That is the goal of true education. Well said. And uh, and you answer them. You help people out, but you don't shame them. You don't make fun of them. This is a community that we're all in. Uh, everyone who learns how to ride a bike now is going to be one less person who's honking at us in the street later. Uh, it's going to be more people who are advocating for bike lanes and safety. Let's. We have another chance at at cycling being awesome and and let's take advantage of it let's grow this community together all of us cycling is a lifestyle capable of improving the world it is also a way of bringing people together hi and welcome back to the dial podcast i'm jake vondering and i'm here with lance hepler lance romance the mr mustache here for you in studio in studio nice no Sitting across the table from Lance today, Mr. Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are looking pretty reasonable. No. Not good, but reasonable. Questionable. That's where we are. Still questionable. Last last week, Lance was holding hands with Matt, but I think Evan got a little jealous. So sitting to Matt's left, holding hands with him right now. He's sitting on his lap. Mr. Evan Price. You know, I would ask what everybody's drinking, but nobody's drinking anything. I brought barbecue chicken in a little thing, but it leaked into my bag. So now I'm in what? trouble. I have a fork, and it was cold, and I forgot Jake doesn't have a microwave here. So I'm just eating or drinking nothing right now, Fantastic. which is very rare yeah. at this moment that I'm not eating into the microphone. Are you? <laughs> yeah, usually and that, you are folks, eating is the why microphone. we don't keep a microwave here. Yes. <laughs> it's just because of Evan. <laughs> Hey, Lance, we got a full house today. We have a bunch of people in the room at the table with us. We do. It's sitting next to you. Ever. <laughs> sitting next to you, race promoter, Eric Simiotti. How you doing, Brian. Eric? Brian Simiotti. Brian Simiotti. <laughs> Close enough. Okay, we'll, now we'll not get, we'll get the Brian name right because we yeah, screwed it up. I just said Eric. Part, you got it correct. <laughs> no, I, I do that stuff on purpose. So don't worry about it. <laughs> sitting next to Lance, Brian Simiotti. How you doing, Brian? Oh, excellent. Nice. And uh, back for th- third time? Third time now, Third Scott time. Schultz. Third time's a charm. You think you would know better. We're kind of sick yeah. of you, Scott. You think you would know better by now. I'm only here for uh, moral support for Brian. So. Yeah. Right on. And then we've got Stefano from Biciclista here. How are you doing, Stefano? I'm good. I'm doing the exotic be- uh, back, uh, back row. <laughs> the exotic back row. <laughs> Stefano's off the table. He's. We're, we've got the table full. It's because we smell. <laughs> and that's reasonable. 
It's a, it's a certain kind of smell we have going here. It's not good. True awesome. Story. Hey, let's jump right into this thing. We've got a lot of people to backpedal this week. Lance, go. I rode my bike all week. Um, had a couple of fantastic... We had great weather here. There was some good weather. Um, all week, so I did manage to get outside almost every day and ride, which was I was quite almost nice. glad to see rain today because I, <laughs> I have some indoor ride stuff. I need to do a lot of indoor ride There's stuff. There's some rides that need to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, I rode a, a long day with uh, with Jake and the dial, not the dialed crew, but with the Mari group on Saturday, which was Ooh, quite nice. I do want to hear about that. I know while Jake's away, who cares about yeah, like, he can, longer back? Jake go, stepped go. away. Um, we uh, the Mari group is is an older group of guys and don't go real fast. So Jake and I joined them knowing we'd kind of be trouble and um, we were really good for the first half of the ride and i think they're really <laughs> experienced and i really really like that group yeah. they're one of my favorite rides because they know all kinds of cool routes and they come up with great courses it's a different route every week and which is great and it's just it seems like a good group of people yeah, and they it is they're they're smart bikers yeah yeah so until sometimes the, get into trouble the second end when jake took off and i chased after him and then we i did nothing of the such i never do that you guys, yeah, we did can't that. Control yourself. Uh, sa- Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, um, we had a little dialed gravel group that went out. Mm. There were eight of us, I think, eight of us that rode over in the North Plains um, Scapoose area mm-hmm. in like uh, Dixie Mountain and um, Otto Miller roads over there. The gravel roads over there. It was great. Fifty miles. Um, we they Hanel wanted to take as many KOMs as he possibly could, so. <laughs> So it was it was hot. It was hot and heavy riding. We had a we had a good time. We took some downhill KOMs, Ooh. Ian Paul, okay. and, and uh, Terry Hamness. And then I did not take any uphill KOMs because I'm not in any kind of uphill are you shape. sticking around in town? Or are you getting out of here? Um, I'm probably getting out of here within the week. I'm not sure yet. Okay, all plans are see which way the wind's soft. blowing and yes. kind of just go that way. It okay. Depends on good. where the <laughs> weather goes. So yeah. Had a decent week of riding. I'm done. Mr. Simiotti. See, that's how you change it up so we don't yeah. screw up your name, right? right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> <laughs> how you been, man? How's your last week? Uh, good. We uh, see you backpedaling. Um, been out at the Echo Course just kind of riding to get like a GPS file for putting up on trail forks for racers for the for the Excellent. race. Excellent. And uh, did a little riding with Stefano and, and uh, Scott on Wednesday and then... Uh, Went up to the dash point. Didn't really ride. Just kind of hiked around and cheered Scott on. And oh, cool! That's kind of what my week's been. Nice. You guys Very rode cool. in the Tarbell area um, on Wednesday. Is that right? Oh, we did in, that too, in Clark yeah. County, Yakult area, Tarbell area. Yeah, it's beautiful mountain biking up there. Yeah, yeah there's still still snow, so we were limited with trails. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Mr. Scott Schultz, yep. how was your week, my friend? Uh, you did a bicycle race. Yeah. Scott actually You're the raced. one that like, yeah. truly, truly gets to backpedal this yeah, week. Yeah, I've been heckling uh, Lance to make it out there with me <laughs> one of these days. Um, I, yeah, I've had, a, I've had a couple. There's been three mountain bike races, early season stuff. Um, it's all up in Washington State stuff. Yeah, the, the Voodoo WSMTB series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like it. the The vibe is very short track XC cyclocross. You you see the entire family come out. It's not just Good. the dad who's racing and the mom who's racing yeah. or the son. So you see the whole squad. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I did well. I did first place in the thirty five to forty nine category. Um, the first weekend, 
the second weekend I was told I got first and then I got home and, and they're like, no, we fixed the, fixed results. the results. You're second. <laughs> and I'm like, shoot. Um, Cause it's a, they, they, they fixed the results or they quote unquote fixed yeah. the results. Well, the guy who won <laughs> is the father of Jack Springer who just went to cyclocross nice. world. Yep, so yeah. it's, it's in the family too. If they show up, they win. Okay. Yes. So I was already telling the girlfriend, I'm like, at best I'm second or third. Yeah. Um, their time trial starts though, right? Yeah, so not all of them. The first okay. one was mass start. The second was was time trial, and that's dependent on if it starts on single track. If it starts on single track, they yeah. time trial start you. Yeah, yeah it's like that's six fair. seconds apart. Yeah. Um, but I came into the this last one, and Brian came up with me, and I was like, I need to like dig deeper, like channel anger or something. <laughs> yeah, because like you, in a time trial start, if you don't have like. Uh, the the rabbit in front of you it's easy to settle and be like this i'm hurting enough i'm cool with this yeah but you're always willing to hurt a little bit more to get on someone's back wheel and then once you get to them you're proud of yourself so you you push more you want to yes. drop them yeah you want to drop them yeah um and that happened on on this last one Je uh calvin jack's father didn't show up but i was able to take first on that and it was fourth overall which i'm more proud of oh wow yeah so did you yeah. beat brian smith yeah yeah you did so wow. um it, evan blues which we all know yes um took first and then uh keith robinson took second and um i forget these took, are these are big hitters in yeah. the seattle yeah they mountain bike scene. they make everyone else look like yeah. idiots because yes. they they won by like six minutes wow um yeah so. I did. This is a dash point in uh, Tacoma. Yeah. yeah, I did the race last year, so and which I had a blast at. It's yeah. a cool little. It's all single track trails inside this little park right in Tacoma, and so yeah, you guys are doing it right in Washington. Like we have just uh, Gateway Green in yeah. Oregon, mm -hmm. um, but the ones in Washington, I, they were funded by REI. I don't know the research I did, but they put so much money into them, and they're like, well, if we don't have trails in town we're not going to sell as many mountain bikes uh yeah. so they put that money and it's actual mountain bike trails yes yeah. yeah 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 so it's very it's seldom like to see a jogger or a runner um like angry to see a mountain biker right it's like yeah they step to the side and let each other go through and it's just known and i'm like i haven't seen this dynamic like i've gone down a mountain bike trail and in uh uh, fire lane five you know in forest, in forest park. park oh dude in they want to set you on fire yeah yeah what are you doing here we're actually allowed to go on this one like, <laughs> there's a few yeah. fire lanes you're allowed to ride yeah. mountain bikes on yeah. in forest park yeah yeah so that's my back pedal. Yeah, so. that's cool the rei mothership's up there so that makes a lot of, a lot yeah. of sense that their flags flagship stores up there to fund that kind of stuff so cool yeah not sponsored by rei but thank you <laughs> <laughs> oh, we do appreciate that though stefano how you been i've been good i yeah? mean Wednesday, I had to ride my bike because this guy, they tricked me into going <laughs> and uh, I have to tank the, the snow being still there. So we cut the, the ride short. So yeah. my legs were already shot after that, like that, <laughs> that climb we did. It was fun. Good. Long enough to, to work out, but not too long for my current condition that is like zero uh -huh. <laughs> and uh yesterday i was so pumped that i went for another like an hour uh spin on on my gravel bike just 
to, to make them jealous on Strava. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I always try to keep uh, like a baseline. My baseline is like uh, overtraining is bad. So I try to go as I like as, as I can. <laughs> but, yeah. You live here in Portland, right? Yeah. Stefano, yeah. 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 Before we get into this little triathlon takeover that will ultimately happen here in just a moment, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about Biciclista real quick. Why don't you tell people what Biciclista is? Uh, Biciclista is uh, is a brand that I started with a childhood friend in 2007. Okay. He has this um, uh, company that does um, print on, on, on fabric. We call sure. that uh, a sublimation on, on, on uh, technical fabric. Sure. And... Uh, is is um specialist in that and uh, when i figure out that oh yeah i can do like a small run of fun stuff i can wear me and my friends to sure. go race a uh, uh, 24 hour mountain bike race at the time so we started doing fun stuff out of it and uh, after a year a couple of years we, uh, he, he told me why don't we do our own brand so it's, it's a team of two that started Biciclista. Yeah. So I do, I still do all the design and uh, uh, advertising and uh, the, all the physical output of the brand while you take care of the of the production. Okay. It's like a very small niche brand. We do everything in house, uh, all the material sourcing in Italy. So that is what we do. Gotcha. And uh, it's exciting because you have like. 100% freedom of uh, the direction you want to take with the brand. Yeah, well, for those that don't know what Biciclista looks like or what the brand looks like, you have to go to their website. They've got some of the coolest designs that you're going to find out there, and it's just like, it's just stuff that you don't typically see anywhere else. I mean, you guys do a fantastic yeah, job. And You've we got keep, quite we an keep, eye. Yeah, we keep expanding uh, that yeah. direction. Uh, now, one of one other childhood friend uh, became part of the, of the business in Italy and is a triathlete. Oh wow! So uh, we are collaborating with him. We have a new triathlon-specific stuff coming in. Like, now, you uh, brought some shirts in today for oh, uh, yeah, some that, people that, that may or may not be triathletes that, at this table. That, that <laughs> was uh, fun for us because uh, he wanted something to say he's a triathlete. So uh, we took our character is, that is called the uh, Helmetto. It's like a, a, a bicycle helmet with with eyes that is actually the B of our brand. And uh, he says, um, uh, swim, biciclista, and, and then run. Uh -huh. And in the back is like, or whatever. So or whatever. Just have fun. Uh, <laughs> take your time. Yeah. Go, go out and have fun, exercise. And that's gotcha. Basically, yeah. the, the, the mood of, of our brand is all about fun and colorful. Yeah. And another thing that we do appreciate you, you're always out at a lot of the local races and events. You've probably, if you've been out to any of the cyclocross races, pretty much you've seen uh Biciclista and Stefano out there in his little VW van, which yeah. is awesome yeah. <laughs> um, with all of his stuff. And he just is a big supporter. Yeah. So it's, we appreciate what that. what I like to do. I've yeah. been like a, um, an event organizer myself for more than 10 years in uh -huh. Italy. I, I set up the single speed cyclocross series in Italy and this event called Rockville that has been running for the last 14 years. Sure. So uh, I really appreciate the racing side and uh, I like to, to give my take of fun of it. Sure. And is a passion so for me it's a pleasure to be out there to know people and uh, to 
uh, enjoy uh, the accomplishment of every friend that is on the course yeah, every, yeah, every yeah. weekend. Very cool. Well, thank you, sir. And it's uh, glad to have you in studio with us today. Mr. Matt Legrand. I was going to say, like, the material of, like, the gear looks so nice. And I sometimes feel like, you know, you see cool brands and things like that. But if the material's not, like, there, you don't end up wearing it that much. You always gravitate towards, like, the material that's good, you know? And it's, like, it's kind of nice that you guys are kind of putting that first and kind of getting things that way. Not that the designs aren't amazing. Like, if you guys go check out the, the website, it is... It's pretty cool. You kind of fall in love with the design first when you see it, but yeah, yeah, and and the triathlon gear. So, I mean, what's not to love there? <laughs> uh, my back pedal can be quick. I crashed my bike yesterday. Um, Saturday, I uh, it was Wait, gorgeous. You got to clarify. You crashed your mountain bike. Crashed my mountain bike. Yeah. Saturday, the weather was gorgeous, and I worked on some video all day long, and then I was like, oh, I think I ended up riding like indoors or something because it was just. And then Sunday it was gorgeous and I needed, I, we were at a swim meet all day with the kids and I needed to sneak something in and I snuck a, a mountain bike ride in uh, before the Super Bowl start. And yeah, I, triathletes and mountain biking, that should be enough Still explanation, learning. really. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Ouch. I definitely gashed my shin pretty bad and wasn't sure if I needed to go to the emergency room yesterday. Um, Why then, would you need to do that? You got built-in doctor right at yeah. home. See, Kristen, she told, come. Is, is this wife? That's not how it she works. She told me. Jake. She was like, "You need to toughen up. <laughs> rub and, some uh, dirt on it, you big Sally pants. Rub, rub some dirt on it. We're late for the Super Bowl party that we're going to. Um, so yeah. So then I, I, I did really think it was going to be pretty bad, but today it's so much better. Like I think it was like one of those things where you have so much swelling around the shin bone or whatever that yeah. it's just really excruciatingly painful, and. I'm sure you guys have seen this too, like where you hit your shin really bad and it's got like this almost dent in the bone. It's like that plus a lot of blood. And I was like, this is, this is definitely a, <laughs> this is definitely something broken. And then, but now today I'm like, well, it's, it's probably fine. Yeah. Um, much better. And I'm just kind of got the general soreness in different locations. Like my quad is sore, my neck is sore, like just weird stuff like that. Uh, so I might take the day off today or maybe I'll just get on the trainer. I have a lot of trainer stuff that I need to do. You There's do, a whole bunch yeah. of products that I need to test that I'm really excited about. Um, one being that shirt. Yeah. And so I might do that test. There's this shirt that I'm testing and it's basically, um, it checks your, your, it's looking at your breathing rate and your, how much ventilation you're actually taking in. And it's, it's basically like this tech shirt with like this Bluetooth piece that connects in the back. And so you can do some really interesting stuff as far as like detecting when you move from your true, you know, aerobic to anaerobic zones and things like that and getting like a, a specific wattage for when you actually switch zones. So I'm, I'm going to do some testing. The video won't be out for like six weeks because I'm going to do testing now and then training block and then testing again to see what I can see. And then Evan's going to help me with some testing and things like that as well. But eventually I have to do the testing to get started. And so that might be today might be a great day to do that. Training block. Is that is that you no, like you can make a like a triumphant return to like kick everybody's butt or what? No, that's when I like carve some wood and a block. <laughs> just a, no, uh, no triumph triumphant return. But I will probably train some. Who knows? I don't Training, know. Training, get ready Maybe for the... Uh, I got to get ready for my mountain biking Olympics career, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure is coming up soon. Gotcha. Yep. Mr. Evan Price, how you been? What's in, new? In in more mountain bike news from triathletes, I uh, signed up for the Telluride 100 yesterday, Oh, which is 
which is a really dumb idea, and I'm so excited for it. It's going to be great. Um, it's at altitude. There's a lot of climbing. I just bought a mountain bike recently, and I've ridden on it three times. So we'll see how this goes. But <laughs> luckily, yeah, Telluride's not really, terribly technical. Is this a qualifier for the lead boat thing? Or I, I don't think I need to worry about that. Lead boat was like the qualifier for the Leadville. Leadville 100, yeah. So I think the Telluride 100 is a qualifier, if I remember right. I'm not too worried about that, though. I'm just trying to not die during this ride. So <laughs> it, will, it will be a blast. Uh, Lance has already told me he's coming with me. So it's going to be exciting to have Lance Hepler there with me. Fat chance, he, man. He it's, promised. It's Let like, everybody. <laughs> it's like 10,000 feet of climbing in the 100 miles. Somebody told me it's more than that, too, that, that it was like we have a friend of ours who did it. And he said, yeah, it's like starting at 10,000 feet and you get around 12 or 14 is what he was saying. So you don't go below 9,000 feet. Yeah. And it's a good race. It's a good thing that here around Portland, we're at, we're at a screaming altitude of about 50 feet at my house. Oh. So <laughs> I think I think I'll, I'll don't worry. I'm, I'm going to be plenty prepared for high altitude, fully adapted, fully adapted to sea level. <laughs> it's 13,000 feet of climbing. Gotcha. I, I don't like to look at numbers, Lance. I like to believe, <laughs> you know, a, I just like to perfect way to go. I'm just going to practice life. visualization instead of actually training for this. So <laughs> start training with that oxygen tank on your back. Buddy. I'm, I'm considering it here pretty soon. I'm going to start training with a paper bag but um the only thing i have my backpedal is my train's been amazingly boring for the last five weeks and consistent and yesterday i cried because the Bengals lost the super bowl which <laughs> this is a cycling podcast but let me just give you a little story about myself uh i grew up an irrational fan of the cincinnati Bengals, who lost many football games for many many years and then this year they decided they were going to lose less games and win more and they made it all the way to the super bowl and then they lost so you know that's okay i really did that they last so two minutes they just so like close. I was having a heart I was having heart palpitations <laughs> in those last two minutes. This is where I, I hide this part. The last since I've moved here the last five years, I really am not much of a football fan anymore. But yeah. being from Ohio, when you live in Ohio, you you do not have a choice. You are a Cincinnati Bengals fan or a, or a Cleveland Browns fan. There's nothing else to do. And every Sunday, your mood is determined by what happens there. Now, I would race on Sundays, which not being Catholic, that was against what I was doing. It was the fact that you weren't watching football games at that time is what bothered people. So that state is probably in a true state of mourning right now and needs, I hope they're in everybody's thoughts and prayers because Cincinnati is a, is a sad, sad city today, but it's a young team. Joe Burrows is a good quarterback. We'll see how it goes. I'll pay attention to football again now, but yeah, it was, it was a sad evening. I was trying to explain the game to my 10 year old daughter. Cause just, she doesn't really watch much football, right? Okay. So we're getting towards the end and she's like, why did they get all those points or what's this? And I, I think that it was right as the, the Rams had scored and, <laughs> and she's like, all right, so they get six points and like, yeah, but they can get a seventh one. And we're just explaining all this stuff. And then as the game's playing out, I'm like, Oh, it's over. I bet you Evan's crying right now. Those words came in my mouth. It she's was. like, why would Evan be crying? And she's like, is, is that because the game he's crying because the game's over? I'm like, yeah, Cincinnati lost. And he's like, why does she like Cincinnati? So it I was just kind of funny. Like, I watched it with David Goodman too, who's an LA Rams fan. So it was, it was not, yeah, that was, that was rough to watch. It's like, I know everybody's like, oh, you know, yay for LA Rams. They haven't won a Super Bowl before. I was like, they've been a team for like four years. The Bengals have been a team for like 200 years and have never won a Super Bowl. So when did they come back from uh, St. Louis? Um, they came, that was probably six seven years ago I About think. That, yeah. yeah that's a good question is when that I was remember the yeah. year that they left anaheim to go to st louis that yeah. was probably back in like 90 it was the mid 90s wasn't it six or so yeah. seven maybe somewhere mm -hmm. in there but yeah yeah 
Crazy. Tough Sunday. But uh, yeah, bike, swim, and run has been going fun. And I got a half marathon here coming up soon. And that's Sweet. about it. Yep. <laughs> All right, uh, to cap this off, my backpedal was not exciting by any means at all. It was lots of trainer stuff, and then uh, we did that fun little Mari ride, which was all fine and well until the wheels came off of me. Uh, Lance managed to run some stuff over after we, I don't know. I flatted pretty badly. Well, I ran over something pretty I ran over something. It, like, stuck in the tire, pop, 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 and then flew off. Yeah. And then sealant sprayed, every, sprayed everywhere, and then it sealed, and we kept riding. Yeah. To start nice. that ride, I felt yeah. perfect. I was fine. Nothing wrong. And I, as a matter of fact, I'm like, we were supposed to go easy. So I wasn't even thinking about like having to perform at all. And then we're riding. And then, I don't know, it was like 20 or 30 miles in. We just started going a little bit faster and a little bit faster and a little bit faster. And the next thing you know, like there was like three of us. And we started with like eight or nine or 10 or something yeah. like that. And then we hit it pretty hard for yeah. like started 40 minutes. <laughs> oh, we oh did, yeah. Yeah, we'll we get to that in just a second. But... <laughs> I was supposed to go on the gravel ride, though, and I was feeling fine until Lance had to stop and put some air in his tire. The sealant did his job, but he needed to put it some tire. And I'm like, my lungs feel really tight right now. This is weird. I feel like I'm gasping for air. And by the time I got home, I was completely shelled. It, this was like all within like 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah, and then I was on the couch for the rest of the night. Tested negative twice. And no, there's nothing wrong with me. And it just started like coughing. And I was just, I got sick. So I had to miss that stupid gravel, not stupid, that glorious gravel ride because stupid sickness got me. But it's neither here nor there. The fun part of the week was Friday. We recorded a little video. Matt helped us out. That we was did. a good time. Um, he was slung out the back of a minivan shooting some video for us. And Lance and I were talking shop and creating a video. And I did take advantage of some of my downtime yesterday. And I started the editing process oh, cool. of that. So it's, uh, it's coming together. Should be fun. Stay tuned to a YouTube station near you. It was a fun shoot. It was... Uh it was some drone footage and then um, a, a bunch of uh, rolling shots out the back of a van. So Can you tell good. if the back of the shot, back of the van shots were functional? Um, audio, I, I went through okay. all. There was a couple spots where it's blown out, but I've got yeah, I've got supplemental video from the GoPro that's going to work just fine, as well yeah. as some GoPro stuff that I can cut in there, and yep. we I can make it work. Yeah, you know, you know that there was one spot I told you like right after it happened where it's like you go from shaded area to like bright noon on a bright Sun. sunny friday and it was just like yeah this is not good for camera stuff but yeah whatever yeah so it, it's gonna work out just fine thank you matt yeah no problem cool all right um champ here i'm all about champ here? having fun you know get a couple of cocktails you got some cocktails in you are you still cocktailing <laughs> from super bowl champ no cocktails for me <laughs> champ bailey what's up buddy champ is here the uh the early season road racing has kind of started there's the tour de la province which is which has started that uh alaphilippe has been racing and um i think the biggest news was uh who was it? Um, Quintana looked yeah, great. Quint Quintana just uh, blasted Total up this Provence, climb. Also known as who's in shape too early. <laughs> yes, because it's way too early to be in that good of shape. So that was kind of interesting that, that Quintana did so well, even though Alaphilippe is right up in there. Um, and then the tour of um, Oman has also been going on. I guess who won a stage of that? Don't, don't say cares. it. Don't say it. <laughs> The don't, Meg's don't, Missile. Nope. No. Mark Cavendish won one of those stages. I love how everybody's like, there's there's videos of this final sprint. And they're like, oh my gosh, he comes from ten guys back. Yeah, because the wind was a tail cross, <laughs> and he timed You're it well. Make excuses. No, I'm not gonna make excuses. He, it's the tour of Oman. Exactly. Who cares? Exactly. It's like no, 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 no. But <laughs> after they finished that race, he was not happy. Like, it's because yeah. they had like the full team. Like they're they're like we're supposed to be celebrating right now, and it was full. Mark Cavendish, uh, 
It's because he lost his leadout train. No, I know. So I, he had two leadout guys, and he was six wheels behind him. He wasn't even on them. Yeah. And they went, and he was like in the back, and they ended up kind of surfing and winning the race on his own. But yeah, I'm sure he wasn't happy about his leadout. So, breaking news: he's still a jack wagon. No, that's what Evan said. <laughs> And he already won one. Well, Evans. <laughs> Evans true to form. To form exactly. <laughs> Whatever Evan picks is not what's going to happen. We already know that. Good times. Well, it's a, it's a battle for for Mark and for uh, Jakobsen to get on the the tour team, and they're one for one. Yeah, I think so. So it's it's pretty tight. Yeah. Stefano. A, a quick note for my my buddy Filippo uh, Ganna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you seen him on the bike, on, on the TT bike? Yeah, he crushed that, it. That, that is like a school book yeah. on how to be on a bike. And he's as tall as me. <laughs> he's as a me. big guy. So. Yeah. And then he got disqualified yesterday. Yeah. No. Did he really? For what? Yeah, it was dumb. That was dumb. He, he, had a, he had a predetermined bike exchange at the bottom of the final, the final climb. And you're not supposed to have a predetermined spot to switch bikes. It's supposed to be organic. How are they supposed to know what predetermines? Were Thank they just you. camping out I, there? I, I mean, looked at that question. rule. It's the dumbest. Oh, well, okay, and this is this is a strong statement. This is the dumbest rule the UCI has ever supported. And there's a lot of yeah, dumb rules. Than the the socks? Worse than the socks. This is Wait, dumber than the they, socks because I, you're right. They're like, you can't predetermine spot. How are they determining who's predetermining I, and not? They, I don't know. They literally have a carpeted section at the Tour de France where they yeah. switch bikes. That seems pretty predetermined. And it's also, to me, is like, why would you punish being well-prepared? I don't know. We only want did. teams to be disorganized and operating like Cofidus. We don't want any Ineoses or quick steps that are actually doing it well. Okay. I mean, that's a pretty chaotic thing to do to begin with, and it would make more sense to be safe and thank you. Yeah, yeah like yeah. So, if they actually care about rider safety, why wouldn't they be like this is a predetermined bike exchange section, so you're not doing it in the middle of like a downhill or something like that? Well it's like he wasn't like at the tail end of the Peloton. He was like in like sixth wheel. And he like nodded to his guys and pulled off and they swapped bikes to a lighter climbing bike and he, you know, jumped on. Anyway, it was for whatever reason, they disqualified him for that for that stage. But dumb. Yeah, whatever. They, they, I've seen that happen before where someone has attacked off the front to, to, to swap a bike. To yeah. Swap a bike. <laughs> yeah. And when he went to get back in, like they're like, no. No, you're, you're, I'm like he worked for it. He, that's right. He built the gap. Yeah, you're not letting you back in. I feel that's more respectable than like getting in the draft, t- taking out, then getting back in. Getting back in. In other news as well, on on other things, I'm going to be wrong on predicting. Egon Bernal looking healthy, looking not too bad. <laughs> Is that what you said? Start the tour. That man will be at the tour. Uh, I'm still holding by that. To the he's walking. He's walking, and he will be riding. I'm sure he's already riding. I bet he's already spinning. I saw something that came out that he was having. There was rides posted to his Strava account when he was in the hospital or the day that he was discharged, and everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, he's already back to riding." I'm like, "That's not possible. How how was that happening?" I mean, Lance Armstrong was spinning on a bicycle in his, like, oncology recovery room, so it would not surprise me if Egon Bernal was like, get me a trainer here, I'm going crazy. No, 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 this was an outdoor ride. It was an outdoor ride? Outdoor oh, ride. those are, like, probably accidentally uploaded later. There's no way they were letting him out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. And, le- I mean, I would not put it past Egon Bernal to sneak out of the hospital, grab a bicycle, and ride around. <laughs> The, I don't know. That's why I'm saying he's going to be at the tour. This guy is, <laughs> like, he lives brace. to ride. This man lives to ride. Yeah. 
I wish him well. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Nothing but the best for him. Champ out. Champ out. All right, guys. I know that you got some runny triathlon y things that oh, you want to add. There, so. there actually is real quick before me and Matt shut up for the rest of this. National records went down an indoor track okay. yesterday. All right. The in the same race on the same Bowerman track team, who has been quiet in the last couple months. Bowerman's been a little quiet. And they come out to was it Boston? Yeah. So they, they go out to Boston and run an indoor 5K. And Mohamed, Mark Scott, and Grant Fisher all tear this race apart and run the USA, Canada, and UK indoor national records in the same race. Grant Fisher, what was his final 2K close? Did they quit testing again or something? Yeah. I have... No, I still, I still think I'd be shocked if Grant Fisher is. Grant Fisher is a good. He's in school right now for engineering and like a PhD program, master's program. He's a smart kid. They something, but that time is weird. It is weird. It's weird. Twelve fifty three. It's weird. But, but I do think that Grant Fisher is the most underrated runner in the world right now. I only agree with you because of that time that he just put out. Normally, I look at him and I'm like. He's talented, obviously. He's like one of the top three Americans in distance running, but not 1253 talented. He's like 1301 talented. It, it was a bit strange, but but I do think he's going to be the neck. He's he's going to be the next thing for America over the next five years. I hope so. He, he's one of my favorite runners because he's smart and he's just like very genuine. And he he would say stuff like, you know, I'm, I'm new on the team or whatever when he went to Stanford. And he was like, I just want to, you know, slowly figure out my place and just take my time growing over the next couple of years. And you're like, mm, I like this guy. He's he's not like the normal high school phenoms that come through. And they're just like, you're kind of a jerk. You're kind of full of yourself. He has got his head on his shoulders for sure. But at the same time, how do you drop? basically 10 seconds off of 5k <laughs> boom and set an american record break records and like that's it's yeah. weird in in other news from cocky former high schoolers cooper tier and cole hawker ran 350 for the mile indoors which for anybody who has not known running that is really really fast and they were a less than a second off of the american indoor record held by bernard lagat so are you suspicious I don't have my headphones on, but I can hear it. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Something's not right. But yes, uh, that's basically all the running news right there. But that is within seven days, two crazy fast American races, which was awesome to watch. Well, and the women ran fast too. There was uh, mm -hmm. Gabriella, something I don't remember what her name is. She set an American record five k for five k indoors too. 1431 or 32 if I'm, I'm just remembering all and the Canadian record was set in that same race too all Bowerman people I think yeah. I could be wrong on that but I'm pretty sure they were all Bowerman are you sure they measured the track right that's, that's what I was thinking like literally I'm <laughs> like that's <laughs> this, yes, the, right. the problem is you got to measure this track correctly. this is a 200 meter track not a 400 meter right yeah. <laughs> something it's something like that it definitely seems something seems weird suspicious in the something's in the weird in the water in, in Boston so crazy Crazy. Nice. Anything else, boys? Anything in triathlon? I didn't see anything. Everybody's training a lot. That's about it. Apparently, now you got to train 30 hours a week to be a pro. So Is I'm, there still I'm stuff on the back end of this. Was this just a COVID thing? Or are they still going out there and attacking each other on segments? Like the whole no, that's done. thing. Everybody's going real. So it's funny how triathlon is like the king of trends. Whenever there's like a trend every offseason, like last year, it was like everybody go after KOMs and try to be a real cyclist. The year before that, it was like everybody Zwift race each other in COVID. Yeah. It was like everybody got into Zwift racing. This year, it's like, oh, we're going to train like real runners and go out and run these insane 5Ks. And everybody now is like lactate testing themselves. 
So that's like the thing now is everybody's doing lactate testing. So apparently you just got to like be Norwegian is what it's everything. The Norwegians just did this last year. They went out and dominated everybody. So everybody's like watching their YouTube videos and trying to carbon copy the way that they're training is what's happening. Good times. It's embarrassing because those guys are extremely good, but I almost think that they realize that everyone's watching them and they're like trolling them a little bit, you know, I'm like, right. Oh, you don't have your elbow patch on. Well, of course you're not going to run 1255 and a 5k at the end of a triathlon. I mean, are you even wearing this glucose monitor? Like I do, do you even know how much blood sugar is in and all these other American pros are like, I need to get, I need, I need to know what my blood sugar is too. You're right. I'm I'm a rookie over here. Gotcha. And, and Lionel's the worst. He's like by far, and, and he's like the most visible Lionel Sanders. He's the most visible triathlete, you know, for sure, because he, he has a very popular YouTube channel. But then he also just jumps on every trend and changing changes his like training program or his coach every other week or whatever. And like, I like him. It's just how many times is he going to make a video that's like, I'm changing my training program. Like did, he posted one today. Yes. I wish I was joking. I'm literally, not. <laughs> literally at 11 a.m. today, that exact title was posted. As, I'm changing my training plan. Quote unquote was the title of the video. <laughs> so bad. Okay. Can I hijack this for a second? Go. 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 Okay. So I I just set a PR running. Whoa! Uh, congrats. On, on the treadmill. Why'd you do? I that? don't know if that's respected or. It is. Sure. All right. So 5K. Thirty-two minutes. Congratulations! But what's cool is <laughs> what's cool. Is, <laughs> hold on. If it's if anything is your first. Yep. It's a PR. It's a PR. Yeah. It's like birding. You're like, oh, yeah. that's a lifer. That's a lifer. <laughs> it can be like it. a common bird. Yes. Okay. The the funny part to that story was that was at the at a gym by the house, West Coast Fitness. Um, I do the trainer, uh, the the rower. Yeah, and, uh, you also PR'd that day. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> definitely did not. Uh, but I did like 30 minutes on that, and I'm already self-conscious going to the gym. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what yeah. am I doing here? And I go by myself all the time. Most people do. Yeah. And uh, I have this huge uh, microfiber towel. It's humongous. Yeah. It's like eight feet long, two feet wide, and I'll, I'll have it in my bag, and I... So I'm on the trainer on the the rower for like 20 minutes and I'm sweating up a storm uh, with the face mask on and I I grab the towel and I I wipe my face and I just throw it down by my water bottle and people are looking at me smiling laughing and I'm like oh my god my form is ridiculous <laughs> like if I have to cross the street at a red light I forget how to walk like if I can feel people looking at me yeah. so I'm like committed to finish the 30 minutes I see people smiling and like pumping each other's shoulders to look over at me. And I'm like, dude, this is so stupid. They leave. I finish the rower. I go into the sauna. I pull out that same towel to take in with me. One of my girlfriend's underwears were stuck to the towel. Oh, no. So when I wiped the sweat off my face, it was like a pair of panties were on the towel. That's brilliant. Yeah. But... We need to end the podcast on that story. That is that is and absolutely hilarious. Yep. <laughs> Looped it over your ears for a face mask. The only I thing that would have been better if you were like, and I grabbed my mask and I put it on <laughs> and I kept rowing. Wait, and it wasn't my no, mask. I didn't know until retrospectively how embarrassing that truly was. Yeah. That's yeah, you hilarious. you can't ever go back there, Scott. Oh, I'm going back. Okay. I'm going back today, actually. Yeah. Uh, I love it. All right, that's. 38 minutes. <laughs> That's normal. Me, me and Matt are done. I'm going to eat my barbecue chicken over here now. <laughs> Wait, let's get quick into the topic pedal, for today. Pedal. Let's get into the topic for today. And we're going to talk 
all things mountain biking and more specifically Echo Red to Red, which is a local mountain bike race coming up here. And there's going to be kind of like a little through story, a little through topic that we're going to talk about when we get into this. But first and foremost, let's let's introduce Echo Red to Red to those who don't know what it is. Um, and I'm going to let, you know, Mr. Simiati over here. Brian. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I, if I've, if I had like a nickel for every time I've done that to a guest, it's, <laughs> yeah. we have about 50 cents. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's have you talk about Echo Red Red. Tell us about the race. What's going to be different about it, when it is and all the fun things. Promote your race, damn it. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're, this is going to be our 14th year. What? Um, really? Actually, yeah. Um, 14 thir- years. 13th edition. We had a had someone in I think 2020 but, okay um basically we've used the, the, mainly the same course for the whole time um where where's the course held in a historic echo Oregon it's kind of my neighborhood I live out in eastern Oregon sure um this is like an a, a half hour from Pendleton or something it's about two and a half hours from Portland east of Portland is that right that is correct yeah okay so yeah um Kind of a thing for me. I mean, I, I help kind of start the trails, make the trails. And uh, one thing led to another. We created a race. And one thing led to another than that, we could start to have actual racers come. And it's a, a, amazing to me to see people come all the way from all over the place to ride yeah. my trails. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I need to get closer to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question, Brian. The, the place where you built the trails, is that private land? Yes. Okay. So it's like, so this is like rolling hills of eastern, you know, Oregon kind of, and there's just like this, this little valley, this dip in the hills, and all the trails are built into the hills, right? Yeah. So is that's private land then? Yeah, it's uh, it's owned by uh, Lloyd and Lois Piercy. They own the Snow Snow Road Winery. Okay. Um, oh, cool. Which is the little winery that's in the town of Echo. And we encourage everyone to go yeah. ride the, that, that do ride those trails. Make sure and stop it down in Echo. Stop by the winery. Pick up a bottle of wine. Lance, it doesn't matter if you don't drink. You need to pick up a couple bottles. I, I have come away with a couple bottles of wine <laughs> from that race before, and they've promptly gone to somebody else. Yep. <laughs> you I will need, gladly take those if this I year. Get a, if I get a bottle of wine this year, I'll, I'll bring it to you. So when is the race scheduled for it's in gonna, 2022? We're going to be on March 19th. Okay. Um, tomorrow is a big thing for us is we're, we're going to announce the start start times. Okay. So we've been kind of waiting on that um, just to see safety protocols for right. like starts. Yeah. Um, and we're going to feel, we're feeling really comfortable that we're going to go ahead and have a traditional start for us where we're going to have just three main waves. Um, we're outdoors. We're feeling pretty safe. Yeah. Um, and then that's instead of like last year where, where we had like a remote start and finish and like kind of smaller waves. Yes. Um, we're going to have the start right on Main Street, Echo, Oregon, um, and then racing coming and going right back into Echo. That's awesome. And that's going to have the, the neutral rollout with a, a lead vehicle. That's correct. We'll, st- we'll still have a, a neutral rollout on the pavement yeah. um, until we hit the what's called snow road. Mm-hmm. As soon as racers take a left-hand turn onto the gravel, Racing begins, and uh, you just go as hard as you can to get to the single track. All hell breaks loose to get to the single track first. Yep. (laughs) Okay, so I noticed there's a couple different distances for depending on which categories you you fall into. Do you mind going over those details, if you remember them off the top of your head? Yeah, we got basically, uh, we call it long, middle, and short course. Okay. Um, The long course will be for the elite Cat 1. 
Um, it's about 32 miles, um, under 3,000 feet of climbing. Um, and there's Cat 2 or short course. Um, that's going to be 24 miles, um, close to 2,000 feet of climbing. Mm-hmm. That's medium. And that's yeah, medium, medium course. course. Yeah, yep. sorry. So that's the middle course. Then we'll have a short course for Cat 3, which is, um, it turns out to be close to 1,000 feet and just about 14 miles. Good. Now, someone experienced, like an experienced mountain biker like myself, would you say, <laughs> like maybe like very close to pro, but also maybe on the Cat 3, or even, if there was a Cat 4, I'd be there. <laughs> what are the trails like? Can you? I, I would say that it's, a, it's a great course for people getting into mountain bike riding, racing. We're single track, yep. but we're desert single track. There's not a lot of like roots or rocks. Um, we do have some like sections with some rocks. We go through a little like uh, drainage, but um, mm-hmm. the trails are easily navigatable by intermediate to beginner rider. Yeah. It's a good place to get people into racing. They're relatively tame and very flowy. Do you think, so I, would, do you think I would survive? You would survive. How many oh, times yeah. would I crash? Uh, you, a couple. No, zero. <laughs> it's not technical. Yeah. So it's not technical. And there's there's climbing. It's Once you hit the single track, it's it's all pretty flowy, yeah. nice single track. There's a few rocky spots, but it's nothing like, oh, what the hell am I going to do yeah. here? It's like yeah. you can... You can rip it. I would That's say cool. it's, it's technical relative to speed. Yes. There's speed limits. So you could go safe, or if you want to go full sin, you have to earn that by actually putting in the power. Okay. Because it's really rolly and punchy. I have neither power nor technical <laughs> skills. Liar. <laughs> so maybe uh, maybe we play it safe. Well, I, uh, like, first hand experience, I went and I worked with Brian Samiati at the race, and he's like, here, I want you to race too. And I only yeah. had to cycle cross bike. Okay. And it was my first mountain bike race ever. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'll do it on a on a on a cross bike without ever pre-riding the course and knowing what I'm doing. And there's a race line that's uh, like a rock garden race line, like like a crow fly is the fastest way is straight through. Yeah. Um, if you have a bike that will do that, I had a bike that would not do that, but I was able to just go around to the side and You're finish fine. finish the race. Yeah. So even even suggesting people um, like a fully rigid bike, you're you're set. Yeah. You're good. You can do it on a gravel bike. I, I, I kind of get nervous sometimes thinking like a dude on a gravel bike who punches right. the asphalt out the gravel road and then holds a good spot onto yeah. the single yeah. track. Could be pretty advantage. Yeah. Could be good good advantage there. Last year was a little different because we had to have smaller start waves. And so it we kind of took out the whole start, the the straight, easy start and the start the finish that was all on like open road and open gravel roads. It was mostly single track. Mm -hmm. So like in our wave, uh, I was in the cat 250 to 59 wave. It was a race to the single track. Yeah. And, and then that was it. I, I beat, well, you're strong enough to stay out front, (laughs) but if say, say you weren't at that front, I would have, you would have had to go through some traffic, but I did know, okay, I need to beat these two guys into the start of the single track and then I'll have a chance. And I beat him in and, it, and that was that was like, it was just like, okay, power for the next hour and a half <laughs> and just don't let those guys catch me because we were able to do that. But can this, but, can this be a round table to get uh, Lance to cat one? <laughs> so him and I can go head to head. We could just decide now that it is so. Make it so. It's it is such, spoken. It's such bull <laughs> because I look at the race times. And it's above like all of the people I'm racing with. 
in the cat one field. So it's arbitrary. I'm like, it's still cool that it's time trial, or that it's a chip timing. Yes. And you know where you stack up because everybody who races that sees those times does that. Yeah, like you, I, you see where I, you stack up. I did up. this well in my category, but like you do that little sneaky look like, where was I overall? Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to race the cat one. <laughs> so because the cat one is forty five plus and I'm yeah. fifty I'll be fifty two this year. Seventy two. <laughs> no. I feel like I'm so, seventy two. So I know that Echo is not a massive town. I imagine that there are like a couple of hotels that are in the area and things like that for people because you know, our audience, you know, might be all over the place or whatever listening. They can all descend on Echo and um, I also know that there's some camping options as well, and there should be like a very cool option for someone with a van. Yeah, <laughs> there's th- lots of vans there. There's yeah. a lot of vans around this table. <laughs> but you, like, were you there last year? I did go last year. Did I see you camp? I camping? I camped out by Hermiston, out oh, by okay. out by the wildlife refuge, just me and my wife. But I think that they have for this race a specific spot that's close to the trails for camping. Yes, that is that's correct. We, and then there was, we have another announcement to make. Is, oh. uh, we have a kind of uh, working with Echo Bridge Cellars, which is another winery um, wine place in Dang, Echo. Dang, this place sounds awesome. And we it's got like two wine places. All vineyards. This sounds great. Brian's um, teeth are just purple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> vineyards and mountain biking. That's it. They're going to offer uh, their parking up for race race day parking. Cool. Along with anyone that has an RV, they'll let them park there. No hookups, but it'll be... No but charge. Yeah. Nice. That, that'll oh, nice, be right nice. as you come into town. Um, the first building on the left, that's Echo Ridge. Cool. And uh, the the camping that's at more on the trails, the, like the trailhead area. Yeah. I don't know the name of that, but I stayed there last time. And it was my f- introduction to the mountain bike scene. Um, and it was so cool because there's a huge bonfire. Everyone's feeding the fire all night. And I'm oh, cool. next to Clara Hossinger and, mm-hmm. and Emmett Culp and like heavy hitters that are like shooting the shit the night before. And the next day they bring it. And I was like, this is this is the scene. This is fun. Yeah. 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 Ca- camping will be at the trailhead, which is called Snow Road Winery Trail System. Cool. Um, it's an old like, used to run cattle out there. So there's a spot where they had like a, load the cattle up and that's the campground now so it seems like this environment where it's it reminds me of like some of the gravel scene kind of stuff where it's like this is like why these events get so popular because there's like cool bonfire and people hanging out and you get to chat with the pros or some of the best you know cyclists in the country and then you go toe to toe with them the next day and everyone you know everyone gets to do everything which is just such a cool experience so i expect your race to explode over the next couple years and it's gonna be exciting to watch so last year, you had pretty good numbers last year, right? I mean, I know that everybody was like chomping at the bit to get back out and start racing. Did you guys see an uptick in terms of like the normal registrations that you would typically get, despite the fact that we're still kind of dead in the middle of pandemic times? Yeah, it was, we did have a, well, versus 19, um, then we canceled in 20. Correct. Oh, is it? Yeah, 2021, we, we came back. Okay, so yeah. Yeah. 20, we canceled. Yep. 2021 was actually just as good as, before oh uh-huh. good even though we had to have the smaller waves and then all the different sure. things yeah you guys had good numbers good registration so out there. people I mean, were still coming out we were ha- happy about that yeah. to come all the way out to eastern oregon yeah yeah and right right now numbers are looking and good. We're, we're, we're up we're gonna have over the i mean the last decade this is gonna probably be one of the top two i think oh wow. good. Will you I, will you have like a cutoff will there be like you know we got to turn off the fire hose the it will be 300 riders per field which is like 900 total so it 
I don't think we'll get that much, but that'd be cool. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> are you I, open I to know, share yeah. what kind of numbers you saw last year? How many total racers you had out we there? We were little. He over hates this question. I ask him every time <laughs> I see him. Yeah, <laughs> we were a little over four hundred. Four hundred last year. Okay, and I I feel like we're going to be close to six hundred this year. That's oh awesome. wow. We're in the mid the high five hundreds in my prediction. I'm I'm in the category talk like because they start the elite cat one and I think single speed also together. Yeah, the long that's course. Right. I'm trying to get him to like separate those out. I'm like I don't want to see how bad I I am compared to the elites. Can <laughs> <laughs> we just like not see them? It's so disheartening when like someone rides away from you, but it's like thirty five someones and you're like <laughs> yeah the whole field yeah. rides away yeah. 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 I mean, I'll try to. We're always going to line them up, you know, leads first, then cat cat one nineteen to forty four. So as they line up for the mutual start, we're trying to trying to tell people to stay in their category as they roll out sure. mutually. Yeah. So you yeah. still kind of know who you're racing against. Yeah. But there's always people that will kind of sneak their way into the front, just, <laughs> or whatever, or vice versa. Sure. Just, now, yeah. if you know, if you're like me and you put out a lot of power, it's no big deal. But <laughs> there are people that prefer. Like a like an e bike or maybe an e mountain bike, and is the is there anything new that you have for those people? Well, we had big plans for this year um, as far as bringing a real legitimate e bike race, um, and we're still going for it. I mean, it's it's a category that's it's hard to read. Sure, and, uh, for sure, yeah. It's brand in my new. mind, I thought, man, we're gonna have a specific e bike course, have a specific day for e bike racing. We're gonna get e bike races from around the whole country didn't work out exactly like that so um what we're gonna do um originally we had the e-bike race on on the sunday as a separate course separate racing mm. um we're gonna combine it with the everyone else's race racing oregon xc series racing on on saturday um kind of between the elite cat no no no, 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 no. The, put them in the same wave as uh scott over here yes <laughs> you can watch right away well, from him the, the, the funny part is i'm one of the few people signed up for the e-mountain bike race oh okay but i don't have a bike yeah <laughs> yet. yeah yeah <laughs> oh so that's a big announcement i'm i there's a few people that i registered i'm going to contact them and tell them we're going to move it to saturday sure i think it'll be a benefit for the race i mean some people will have friends that are going to be racing e-bikes and they're racing the, the other race. So having it on two days yeah. might have been a issue that we should have thought of. Um, but we'll have everything on Saturday, e-bike included. Um, they'll be racing the, the middle course, which is the Cat 2 course. Gotcha. And, uh, now, will they be racing at the end of the day? No. It'll, nope. be, it'll be right in the middle. We're going to let so, the pros go out, Cat 1s go out, a 15-minute gap, then the e-bike category. And then another gap, then the cat two category. Gotcha. I was thinking, like, if you put that at the end of the day, how many people would entertain the thought of coming back for a second race on their e-bike to really just kind of drain what little bit they have left, but knowing that they've got a, an e-bike motor to kind of propel them through that so that maybe, like, maybe there's a chance. Like, maybe maybe a doubleheader. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that could be fun. Uh, that'll be interesting. I'm curious to see how that plans out or pays out for you. So, cool. Any other questions for him about Echo Red to Red before we kind of move this into the little discussion? Pricing, I would say I'd let people know like how much the event costs and then um, like information about where they can go to find out more information or re even register if they want to register for the yeah. event. Good questions, Matt. That's why we're bringing you into this uh, little that podcast thing. That's why I'm here. <laughs> they pay me the big bucks. Registration is going to be open. Um, we're not going to Close registration for a day of race. So even if you missed the online, which it ends on March 16th, 
Um, you can still come to a race and register. We encourage not not to happen, but yeah, it helps us. Um, uh, one other really big thing is uh, Friday night for packet pickup. We're we're gonna we're gonna announce, uh, or I guess I'm announcing now. We're gonna have live music. Oh, and, that's cool. And uh, a soup buffet at the Snow Road Winery. Um, wow, which is gonna be kind of a fun thing. Um, a local band called JD Kendall is gonna be there. Kind of a apparently a family friend of ours. I didn't know that. He actually, so rents, close friend. He rents space from my cousin's no house. No friend and, of the family's a friend of mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing led to another. I was like, I need some live music, and I contacted uh, um, Brian Becker from Baker City because he, he does that. And he's like, I, I got a band for you that would probably fit. And it's like, hey, JD Kendall. And I called him up, and he's like, Oh, you should know me. I I rent uh, the ranch from your cousin Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> thanks, cousin Shannon. <laughs> Um, and so Matt had asked too where people could go. Do you have a website for Echo Red Red? Yeah, um, uh, it's it's Echo Red Number Two Red XC dot com. Okay. Um, that you can find registration details, course maps. Okay, and is this an Obra sanctioned race? It is, and it's also part of the Oregon XC series. Okay, so good. that's and it's going to be the first kickoff for that. So okay, people get gearing up for that. Lance, do you want to tell people what the uh, XC series is the about? XC series. It's a series of six different uh, cross country mountain bike races, and your top this year, the top three. I think it's the, your t- best three results, or is it four? I think it's your best three results this year. He changed it. Okay, this is a this is a Mike Ripley um, thing. Yeah. thing. Yeah, um, your best three results for the the XC series winner for the Obra Championship, something like that. Gotcha. Yeah. I made that really clear, didn't I? <laughs> what's nice about this... That's the same. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I think what's nice about this is being a little bit further east, it tends to be... You tend to get a little bit drier weather, and March can be hit or miss as far as like... I mean, I'm just probably speaking for me, myself personally. Like, if it's pouring down rain, I'm not super excited about going, but like, oh, get out there in the higher desert, It's it can be a little bit nicer. I, I can't recall a time it's... Has it been nasty weather out there before? We've had wind. Be knocking on wood Last right year, now? wind is windy. our main main yeah. enemy. But um, we've had we've had had to postpone the race at one time for 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 snow. But um, yeah, it shouldn't be this year. Twenty nineteen, I did the race when we went out there. There was still little patches of snow around, and we were thinking that it was going to be muddy in in a lot of places. It was actually really good trail conditions, despite the fact that it had snowed yeah. decently that that week, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. I mean, our climate is is desert. We're in, we're in the desert, so yeah. I mean, any moisture is excellent for the like if we get rain the, the trails are perfect because it, it doesn't yeah. last long so in the early spring when we have some moisture like melt off from snow or any type of moisture it, it stays on the ground and sure. you get probably the best riding conditions of the year from like early february late march gotcha um, so if, that's why we like to have the race on that those times would you say like two hours two and a half hours from portland like where would like how would you describe the trip for people that are hoping to drive over yeah, you're gonna look at close to three hours. Three really. hours. Okay, it, yeah. it's worth it. We're gonna have oh, yeah. racing. The race won't start till eleven, so if, if people oh, want okay. to drive up till the, on that day, you know, you could just you can make it the morning. So yeah. that's perfect. I like to go the night before. You go. You can pick up your packet the night before yep. and pre-ride parts of the trail the day before. So then you kind of know where the tight spots are. Yep. But gotcha. Okay, so I got a question for you. Let's be a little through topic. Whose job is it to get people to come out to do bike racing? 
really at the end of the day, is that does that fall on the promoter? Is that one hundred percent your job, or do you solely rely on other entities to help you out? And, and if so, do you think that they're doing a good job? And what can we all do better? So th that's my question to you: Is like promoter, is that your job? Is that to promote and to get people to come out? And you're supposed to be out there doing all the everything. So from A to Z, it's all on you. Yeah, that's a really good question. We were kind of talking about that earlier. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if, as putting on the race, you feel the weight of like, oh, yeah. I'm not going to do this unless I can get people. And that's kind of yeah. my responsibility other than all the other things like making sure you can close the whole town down for this race. Sure. <laughs> well, because if you think about it, like road cycling, and, and Scott can speak to this as well. I mean, road cycling is just going through massive attrition right now. There's less and less people coming out and there now there's less and less promoters out there and there's less and less races. Is that because the promoters aren't doing a good job of promoting the, the sport or is that because the, the community is going different directions? And I think that kind of has a lot to do with it. But if we really wanted to see like road racing stay on the calendar, is that something that falls solely on the shoulders of the race promoter to build up a good race, do good advertising and marketing and make it worthwhile for people to come out and race their bikes? And it's probably a little bit easier for like because mountain biking is, is on the upward trend right now. More people are coming out and doing more mountain bike racing. Gravel, we all know what's going on with gravel. You just put gravel in your race title and, and you've got a sold out event. And that probably has a little bit to do with white road. But I just, I don't know. I'm just, I've, I'm always asking myself that question. Like whose job is it to get more people out here? Is it the racer? Is it the team? Is it the organization? Is it the promoter? Whose job does that squarely fall on? And I, are they doing a good job? I think there is like trends. Yeah. And, uh, if you notice a trend going away from what you're promoting, yeah, you got to stay on top of, of like keep like making sure that you're not going to fade out too. So, yeah, being a little offshoot of that, like okay, we're still doing road race. I mean, we do the, I do the Baker City Cycling Classic. Yep. Um, trying to make it better. You know, it's something that's. How would you say like? We just got to stay on top, and if it's if the trends are going away. Um, think of whatever way you can contact teams, look at farther out race teams. Uh -huh. um, to simplify it, looking into road racing, you have uh, X amount of speed bumps. There are, there are only more speed bumps for, gotcha. for road racing. Yeah. Like for example, like when I try to budget a breakdown of what it's going to take to have a, cross race versus a mountain bike race uh, versus a road race. The just the price for flaggers yeah. has gone up like exponentially and they yeah. want you to have more flaggers. Uh -huh. So something that like I hear Mike Ripley or back in the good old days, it was only $15 an hour and now it's like up to 45. Jeez. So yeah. your, your whole race budget is just to get people there in a vest to flag a corner. Yeah. And you have to beg for volunteers for the entirety of your crew. Yeah. You don't have to do that for gravel. Because you're going on roads that sometimes the, the 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 county doesn't care if you have a flagger there. Sure, there's not enough traffic to justify it. Yep. Um, and if you move far enough away from like a city center for a bike race, usually those roads are crap. So it's like then we turn it into a gravel race. Yeah. And it's like the crap road is like justification for the gravel event. It just adds another layer of yeah. uh, uh, fun. I don't know. Bunny hop a pothole. Um, <laughs> That but reminds they, me, before you go on, did yeah. you see the clips from the rock cobbler um, um, gravel race that happened this last weekend in California? 
No. Did, oh, did, was did that the bull? It? Was this the guy who ran into a bull? <laughs> no, the, the bull took no. him out. The bull did not run into the mountain biker. There was, oh. there was two the mountain biker pets. rode into the bull. The, <laughs> the course went through a cow field that had cows in it. Oh it was part gosh. of the right, and and there the was the guy got bucked hard. You need to watch the video. There it's was bad. one no, bull. He got, he got lit up. <laughs> yeah, he didn't did like. I, I, and I not like, a single human being feels bad for him because he went straight yeah. into the bulls. Like I'm not sure how you saw that going, bud. But <laughs> you thought he was gonna go like skirt around the side yeah. of the bull and he just turned and whack <laughs> just like whipped him off his the bull bike. was being super patient till the very last second there were yeah. the bulls like are you seriously gonna run into me and then just like bucks him and like he, he was okay down. and he ended up finishing the race but didn't the bull get like three or four people though yeah, there's them? there was two different incidences i think yeah where he that, took that, out two different people i think that that bull is cat one <laughs> he was, he was in the wrong category. Is that Johnny category. Knoxville riding that mountain bike or what? No, crazy. Sorry. He was not Clydesdale. <laughs> so back to yeah, back to the road versus mountain bike versus gravel and cross and, and everything and, and road being difficult. Yeah. Um the community needs to want the want the event. Yeah. And like like uh Brian's talking about Baker City Cycling Classic. Baker City wants the event. And yep. that's that to have that momentum behind you. That helps. That that is the starting point. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Someone bigger than us has our back. Then let's just sneak our community into it. Yeah. Like for example, talking about flaggers. Oh, we're gonna have to have flaggers. What are we gonna do? It's gonna cost too much. One of the ODOT guys from that lives in Baker was like, you know, I can help you guys out. I can teach you guys class you can get ODOT certified you can be your own flaggers no and so uh, at the end of the day really it's the municipality that needs to get behind you and if you've got their support then it becomes a lot less prohibitive for you guys to put on a race so is, is that a big problem that we're seeing around here in general is that people are trying to put on races and there's just so many layers of complexity with respect to like you know licensing and flaggers and uh, certifications and insurances all the different things that add up and that's just making it too much for the promoter to overcome. I yeah, miss show up to the city council meeting, say you want to put on a race, get see who wants to help. You know. Yeah. So speaking from like a scene that I know a little bit more is the cyclocross scene, and uh, there was a podcast, Bike Portland, I think, with Eric Tonkin, uh-huh. and um, we've talked candidly a few times outside of the scene, and he's he said that. Portland is looking for some wins, you know, like with homelessness on all the bike trails. Yeah. yeah. Like you, you don't feel safe riding unless you're with a pack. Correct. Um, they're like, we need some wins. Let's try to utilize our parks to give back. And they've been talking to Eric Tonkin about getting cyclocross races into areas that would never have a cyclocross race. Interesting. So oh. like there's the, there's like a, one of the parks um, right on the river in downtown Portland. You can literally be up on the bridge and look down at the grass field. Like I know they're trying to get really cool venues and that's a perfect example of the city finally stepping behind bike racing. Huh. Let's pull stuff. Cause they see what happened with bridge city and they're like, this is the first time spectators outnumbered participants. Like how do we continue that? Right. Yeah. That was cause that was fantastic with how many people were there and in, in a time when People weren't showing up to that stuff. And quite frankly, Portland's reputation is not good right now because (laughs) of all these issues. Yeah. So coming back to Echo Red to Red, you've said that you potentially could take up to 900 people. 
how, how can we get you there? I mean, is it is it something that you just need to, like, damn it, Brian, market more, advertise more, do more, Brian. Come on, Brian. Or is it something where we need to, like, go ahead, Scott. Yeah, I have three things to to um, to throw out. To You can go further on this, but uh, um, chip timing is a big deal for yeah. racers. One, you can expand uh, the awards that you're getting done, custom-made. You're going to have that's some pretty a, cool awards this year, a lot, like, really nice trophies. Um, leaders jersey. Well, dang it! And then we have Stefano, who's who's uh, he's involved too, and he's making some stuff. Love it. I, I think it's who you align yourself with. You know, one thing leads to another. You meet some good guys. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, does do entities like Nike? Are you do you have like Nike teams coming out there and doing races? I mean, mountain biking in the like the high school right now is just absolutely absurdly awesomely huge. Yeah, and I, I mean, I I tried to get, keep the ear, ear to the ground on that. Sure. Um, in where I'm from in tri cities, there's a, they're trying to create a league uh-huh. or, a, or a team. Um, so, you know, okay, well I'm going to show up to their first team meeting and kind sure. of, I don't know about the race. So I guess that's part of being a promoter. You're always kind of who's out there, who might be thinking about coming, um, who knows someone who knows something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if we can get a bunch of Nike kids out there, I mean, that might be another way, but is it on you to go out there and connect those pieces? Or do you think that that's something where, like, the organization, like Obra, should Obra be it doing more to... It doesn't take much. I mean, you t- tell one guy and he tells another guy. Well, sure. Yeah, like, for example, Brian made the drive all the way to Portland and then jumped in my car and we went all the way up to Tacoma uh-huh. solely to talk about Echo. Sure. And it's like, I find it, for me personally, because I'm new to all this... No one trusts me because they haven't seen me for 10 years, but then like they've seen me racing and, and it's cool. It's cool to like do a race, get on the podium yeah. and then come out and talk to someone else that was on the podium. And usually they're the heavy hitters that like inspire their team. So then they go back and they tell their team like, Hey, we just got offered a team discount. If we carpool up and make our way over to echo. Yeah. And it's so cool. Cause then they're talking about that for, uh, you know, for the weekend and that, that disseminates to the rest of their crew Yeah, and maybe Brian coming over and having like those really easy conversations added a dozen people. That's and, and then yeah. the following year, maybe they, they have a blast. They're like, dude, the soup was so good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it's, you know, I was going to come up anyway and it's kind of nice to talk to people and they're like, Oh yeah, way out there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm from there. So if you if I made it to here to Tacoma yes yesterday well, yeah, yeah. maybe you guys would come back and see me in in Eastern Oregon. Gotcha. Now, what are your normal channels for getting the word out? I mean, you're going out and shaking hands and doing the the tour. That's awesome. What else are you doing to let people know about the race? Uh, just being being on Obra, um, that helps a lot. Being at an Obra event and being part of that Oregon series. Over the years, you get a pretty good email list, like. Every year, you get another group sure. of riders. You can add to your subscribers. Um, I also run a bicycle store, so that helps a little bit. Good, um, yeah. Talking to customers. Um, What's the name of your shop? Are you out there in Eastern Oregon, obviously? Yeah. And, and so we got it's Scott Cycle and Sports. Gotcha. Um, and that's uh, we have a shop in Hermiston, and Kennewick. Um, I might might be lucky at the location attracting racers because we're kind of. About two to three hours away from like Spokane, Seattle, Spoke, um, Portland, Boise, um, Wenatchee. So, you know, I got people I know in Boise handing out flyers. Sure. People I know in Spokane handing out flyers. Um, 
Which makes it interesting as a racer because you can do your homework and know who your competition is. But then when someone shows up from one of those cities that you just don't race against, you're like, uh-oh. I don't know who anybody <laughs> <Yeah>. is. <laughs> I don't know this guy's history. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, overall, we had a lot of fast winners um, from Idaho, Montana, um, Washington, Oregon. Um, yeah, yeah, a couple guys from California coming this time. And, and oh, I yeah. think and Nevada, I saw. Good. So it, we're trying to get out more, out a bigger spread. It, it's funny how little it takes to make like a promoter smile because we were we did the race in Tacoma and we we're driving home and he has his bike reg registration set up where he gets a little notification ding on his phone. Mm-hmm. So it's like driving and it's like ding and we're like, cool. <laughs> 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 like it, if if it's silent for too long, you're like, uh oh. But like every once in a while, you get a little ding. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how that kind of just. Gives you that little shot of adrenaline. It yeah. gets you pumped up and makes you want to do a little bit more when you get those. Yeah, and it's a reminder to stay on top of it. Yeah, like for don't, sure. don't ever become uh, complacent. Like you're, you're, you can always do better. Gotcha. Offer more. Gotcha. So where do you need more help then? Who who needs to step up to help the promoters out a little bit more? Hmm, for hmm. both, I guess you could say the road end <laughs> for mountain. Triathletes. I think just uh, any anytime you're out riding with your friends, uh, if you know of a, c- a good ri- race ride, you know, let them know. Like, it's a community. Um, like, well, most people don't. Racing is intimidating. Yeah. For, for, for one, so uh, there's so many, so many people. As b- being a bike shop, and rarely do you see someone that's actually a racer come in. Mm-hmm. All, all you deal with is a bunch of people riding bikes. Yeah. So you already know that it's a niche market just to be in a race. And then you're like, it's a niche niche because it's a certain type of racing. Um, trying to just feel out. If you're, if you're into riding bikes, you never know. You might have bought like a little hybrid. Maybe you might want to try a triathlon. Maybe you might want to try a mountain bike race, having that opportunity. And yeah. then we have a group, um, dial cycling team. Maybe you want to join. Yep. Stuff like that. I mean, that's it. I think it's already happening. It just needs to be like more free and more inclusive. This is the inclusive um, thing. What about having like a, just like an open course time? Gosh, it would be hard because you do it on Saturdays, but just make it more of like a festive kind of a thing. Maybe like after the races, you would just open up the course and invite people to come out and see like, Hey, just go ride the trails. Just go, go see what we're talking about. That's why we opened up Sunday. Yeah. So Maybe that's a good thing right there. I mean, I'm 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 going to stay Saturday night yeah, into the next can. day, and we we were already planning like the uh, the post race uh, recovery from our side of sure. just going riding. Yeah. I was even wondering that with like road racing, if like combining the Grand Fonda culture with road racing is maybe possible at keeping road racing alive when you take. That's Saturday's the race day, Sunday's the Grand Fonda day, because the Grand Fondas clearly are doing better than road racing yeah. right now. And <clears throat> road racing needs a needs like that that shock of like beginners coming back into it. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think I was actually talking with one of my triathlon buddies about this yesterday. I think that Peloton and indoor cycling is gonna be on the downturn here soon. I think Interesting. I think people are willing to get back outside and realize that you get real tired of Peloton at some point. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? Outdoor bike riding is actually really awesome. It's risky and scares people who are like Peloton or Swifters. But like, 
I do think that day comes when you're like, I'm really tired of indoor cycling and almost like you're like depressed of it at some point because you realize that's not bike riding. So I think that that is going to happen over the next couple of years, hopefully. We had this talk briefly last time I was in and trying to think optimistically was the gravel scene's going to help the road scene in some way. It has to because it's bringing new people in. All indoor training is going to help. All of the, the COVID spike of bike sales is going to help. It's some kind of market. Yeah. I don't know if it's the biggest. The Cat 5 races are going to be crazy fast if it's yeah. all these people oh. who have only been doing Zwift racing <laughs> jump in. They're right. just like, like, like a four yeah. watt per kilo like FTP is going to be like a standard at this point yeah, exactly. for a Cat 5 race. It's like Nate Scott. A perfect example. <laughs> yeah, it'll be Nate Scott. Yeah. <laughs> and a, a perfect example was our Mount Tabor series. The yeah. biggest fields cool. by far were Cat 5, Cat 4. Yeah. Humongous. And if you're a promoter, you're like, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's Fresh. like job security. Fresh. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think to go to double down on your point about Peloton and indoor riding, people are realizing how strong they are and they want to show other people. Yeah. Yep. And it's yep. so cool to have your little ego nudged when you go in a group ride and people are like, dude, you're crushing it today. Like I'm struggling to hold your draft. And then, then from there they go maybe a, a intense group ride, like Savvy shootout. Um, then they want to try a race. I think it's like, people it's like PIR. I mean, like yeah. PIR is perfect. It's yeah. like that non, you know, there's no cars out there or anything like yeah. that. It yeah. takes away that fear. Yeah. It just gives them that taste of racing. Yeah. I think like a road race, like there's benefits that you don't get on a gravel race. You don't have the lead and fall car. You don't get time checks as you're on the course. There, there's thing that makes it the racing. There's real racing action. You have, you have teammates, you can have strategies. You got to do a gravel race. It's just ride. So. It's hard for a lot of people though, to get into road racing when there's just this, aura about it it's like oh my gosh this is a whole different community and these people seem like they're so much stronger and so much better and what happens if i get dropped in the break down those barriers because it's not yeah. i don't think it is well yeah but that's the perception that a lot of people see and I mean, we, we've talked about this a bunch of times we started doing a little race paced group ride on thursday nights in little tiny canvas washington and at, at the the peak of the season we were getting 60 people showing up and this is just a little like podunk like little like small area that we're doing a little 30 mile route and we're telling everybody this is race pace we're going to come out here and we're going to tear everybody's legs off but we're going to break it down into different categories and we had an a, a through d group so four different groups riding at different paces but every single one of those groups was racing against each other and then there was a regroup in the middle then everybody rode back and granted you're going to get separated because you know not everybody can you know hang with the a group and the the, the d group's not going to you know stick in there for too long, but they had a blast and they kept coming back week after week. And so that was allowing them to dip their toe into that water. And they're like, I think I want to try bike racing. I can't tell you how many people either came out and did their first race or joined the team or, or put it on their calendar to train all this year and, or this, this off season and, and do their first races in the spring. And they're, they're, they're I get asked all the time, when are the, when are those rides starting back up? When are we going to get back after it again? That was so much fun. I want to get back out there and do it some more. So from a community standpoint, we need to have that little gray area, that little like, hey, here's a place where you can kind of come try this out. Yeah. And if if you get dropped or whatever, not a big deal. We're still gonna like support you and all this stuff and not have that that stigma tied to the the you know, the elite roadies that are coming out and like kind of putting their nose up at you if you're not fast enough. I mean, let's be honest, that that still kind of does happen. It's getting better. And especially now that people are gonna come back from gravel and, and eventually like people get excited for road racing again and maybe some more mountain bike guys will come in and kind of inject their their you know their vibe. And if you 
can just kind of make all of this happen. I think we'll see road racing have a resurgence, but I think as a community, we need to do a better job of creating those segues. I think I think the main issue is shaving legs. I, think, I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> this is what's been keeping the mountain bikers out for years, and this is why the gravel riders left road racing, is the shaving of the legs became too much. I thought we broke There's that barrier down though when Lance finally shaved his legs. <laughs> I know, Maybe. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's fun. Well, time trials. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are doing an awesome thing with the time trial. That should be a lot of fun, and we're inviting as many people as we possibly can to come out and do that that time trial. It's coming up on March 12th. It's the a week before you, so um, great way to prepare. Yeah, this is where the triathletes got comfortable on a quote unquote bike race course, and they're like, maybe I could do mountain biking. You're like, yeah, you still can't, but go and maybe. give it a try. <laughs> yeah. But we want to just do a little bit better, a little bit different, and there's. Trying to the be way more that inviting things, exactly the way things have always been. We want to kind of break that. Not to say that they were bad, but like, how can we make it better? Did it get stale? Has it been different? Have things changed and evolved? What can we do differently? And it's a freaking time trial. I mean, yeah. it's it can't be any more basic than that. I mean, and that's a perfect. Hey, come on out and try this. It's just you you're, against the you're clock. You're downplaying the way a racer feels going into it because how many X weeks away is it? Five. It's yeah. Because I have close. it on my laptop. Yeah. And I have a training plan for that time trial. Sure. And I'm like jittery nervous yeah, because I care and, and that's good. Yeah. It's just a time trial, but yeah. there's five weeks of energy going into this one day. Yeah. I get way more nervous for time trials than I ever did for road racing. Time trialing is like road racing. It'll be like, oh, this could be hard, yeah. but it also could be not that hard. Yeah. yeah you can yeah. also a hide. You can a hide a lot. trial no matter what, <laughs> if you're being honest with yourself, yeah. is always going to suck like yeah. I do not, in the best way possible. I do not know. I do not know who coined the phrase like the race of truth, but yeah. Oh, yeah. You cannot lie on a time trial. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's a, you know, who's back in town. Uh-oh, who who? I just saw riding on Friday. Who's that? Kieran Crosley's back in town. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he yeah, moved back he to moved Vancouver. Back. He did. Yeah. He did. And he was out on his TT bike on Friday. Yep. He's, he's on his way. He that was is, in the lab twice last week, picking up some parts and pieces, uh, the, getting ready. I'll tell you what. <laughs> the, the last time we saw him, he was a very young man around here. He's yeah. not a young man anymore. Nope. He <laughs> has very large, strong quads. So, <laughs> and, yeah. so I've, I did my homework, and I've lurked the results for like the last like five years of Jack Frost. Is Are you guys bringing a whole new audience of like people? Josh Mondo will not be there. We're hoping yeah. that's to. the one name I was hoping was going to be there. But Chris Handel, Dr. Handel now has a time trial bike. Chris Surratt has a time trial bike. Yeah. We've got some solid guys. I only have yeah. a time trial. <laughs> that is all the only bike I care about. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, um, well, it's pretty much official. a lot of triathletes there. We've yeah. brought Y Racing on board. And Y Racing, for those that don't know, they are huge in the triathlon community here and the run community as well. But they've got a bunch of triathlons that they put on. And um, Chris over there is uh, 100% behind us. And this is going to be a lot of fun. And um, we're going to do a lot of marketing to the triathlon community to see if we can get a bunch of new faces out to try some new stuff that maybe they haven't done before. Cool. And we're going to make it as opening and as inviting and as easy to join as possible with the... Um, we're really going to put a lot of time, energy, and effort into getting more people to come out and do the Eddie road bike category so much that we're actually coining a new term, not just the Eddie category, but the Eddie road bike category. So people know like, oh, road bike, I have one of those. Yes, come out and race it. <laughs> it's uh, it's one of those things Then we're actually going to change the, the, the just because we can, because we're the promoter, we can, we can make these rules, right? Mm -hmm. So the Eddie category, road bike category has always been that you can't use any aerodynamic equipment. So no aerodynamic helmet, no skin suits, no TT bars or aero bars. And then the dish depth, the, 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 the 
depth of the wheel can't be more than 40 millimeters. That's what it's always been. We're changing that to 55 millimeters because, um, as people have pointed out, and which makes a lot of sense, a lot of bikes these days come with a 55 millimeter or smaller wheel. And if you don't have another set, I don't want you to say, well, dang it, I can't come out and do that. Or dang it, I got to go out and find myself a set of wheels that's going to work for this thing. No, just stick to 55s. That's fine. And come out and race your bike and we're going to all have a good time. It's so. relaxing the rules so more people can do it. Exactly. Yeah. And if we can do that and we can get more folks to come out, that's what's going to like kind of be the, the shot in the arm, we think, we hope, that more people will come out and experience a bike race and say, that was hard. I turned myself inside out, but you know what? It was fun. The vibe was cool. We're going to make it super inviting, get a bunch of folks out there, and hopefully maybe they'll say, I want to do another one. So we're going to do a series and then we're going to hopefully see more people come out and do other races as well. So it should and, be fun. And TTs are fun. Cause as soon as you finish and you get your time, yep. you're like, I can't wait to come back next year, more prepared. Even if you're like completely prepared. Yeah. Well in, in times past or ever since I've been here and ever since Jack Frost has been a thing, it's always been hand timed in terms of like, you get a specific start time, you have to show up and you have to be there in the queue. They'll call you up and then they'll count your time down. And then as soon as it's like, whatever your time is, they'll say, at 9.37 and 30 seconds, you go, and then they'll call you up at 15 seconds to go. They'll hold you, and then they'll count down, and then you go, and then you finish. And there's people that are, that are like, spotting your number, and they're writing down the times, and they're doing this whole, like, manual tabulation of everybody's time. Yeah. And that, that takes a little bit of time. There's human error that can happen there. There's little things that, that, you know, go into that. And you usually don't get your results until that night, if you're lucky. And then you're going to say, woo online, I got whatever place. Yeah. We're going to do chip timing. We're just going to make it super simple. It's all going to be live. It'll be right there. You'll have your instant results. We can do podiums. We can hand stuff away and, and we can have people like hang out and get those results and celebrate people's accomplishments and, and have fun with it. I, on that note, like I know racers who are like, I go, what, what was your time? My Garmin time was this. Yeah. My Ober time was this. And I'm like, what is going <laughs> right. on? It's yeah. The, it's the chip time bug that matters. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's the start and finish yeah. line. <laughs> and I've seen that before too. I've seen different times. Can we have, can we have a post-race interview between me and Hanel too, where we trash talk each absolutely. other just openly over the loudspeaker? Maybe we need to have the podcast. Pre-race and post-race. Pre post yes. <laughs> Maybe we yeah. need to bring the podcast out there and have it set up so that we oh, can we do should. some stuff. We can do like WWE today. style. <laughs> oh, right? yeah. some race recaps yeah. and stuff like I that. I call that'd my shot and then Dude. promptly <laughs> lose to Dr. Yeah. <laughs> do a hot seat there you go oh, that, that could yeah. be a lot of fun yeah <laughs> well cool um i this show's getting a little bit long here is there anything else that we as the community and us as a team and us as individuals can do to help the promoters better run their races with more people out there i think the word is we are your friends we want more friends we want to be yes. your friends yes you want us bike racers bike promoters want more friends and we have parties yeah <laughs> we're, we're all <laughs> your friend Brian. we have better food than and, races. and we call them bike races but they're really just get togethers gotcha now <laughs> we didn't really get into this but i mean how much time i mean it's just kind of a thankless job sometimes i mean i'm sure if you got up to 900 you'd probably be having a little bit of a party like woohoo i actually yeah. like <laughs> made a buck this year which is great because we want you it to is a thankless be successful <laughs> we had a talk on the drive over here like i was telling him i'm like hey because like when we meet up it's talking about echo or baker or yeah. races that i'm doing and i'm like they can't always be tinged with stress like yeah. we have to have excitement that we're happy about and uh yeah we, we're trying to like pep talk each other into like it's not all stressful like yeah. 
But until you have the buffer of registration numbers there to cover costs to at least break even. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty stressful. Well, even just breaking even is like, I mean, you've got another job, but that takes a lot of time. And it's a lot of stress and a lot of like, oh, what am I doing this for again? Remind me, please. I know I know, we've talked about this before, too. And this is coming from the person who is not a race organizer here at the table at all. But I think, too, there's like there's a little bit of responsibility on the communities and the actual cities themselves. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about bigger things on this podcast. We're talking about like the national health crisis in this country and we're like making it harder to put on running and bike races. Like, are you, yeah, Amen. I would love Preach. to sit down with the Portland city council and just be like, let's talk very real for a second here. You guys do not care about public health at all. If you're trying to make it hard to put on a 5k, like this is, or charging for the downtown, like the parking fees there. It's like, are yeah. you kidding me cities? Like this is insane. It's like you invest in all these trails and everything, and then somebody's like, hey, let's put on a, a community event here where people can get together and have a party and be comfortable and healthy and social together. They're like, no, let's make that as hard as possible for you to do. Yeah. Like, I think they have responsibility as well as the people who work tireless nights and don't get paid for this, too. The, the last, like, three years on the Ober calendar, we've seen a criterium be announced to a downtown city, like, I don't know, McMinnville or something. Yeah. Then the promoter goes and gets the cost of how much it's going to cost. Race canceled. Yeah. Yep. It's like that. That's happening almost annually. Yeah. So yeah. yeah soon, all it takes is one person to back and be like, okay, yeah, let's let's yeah. double this up with like a like Vancouver has the the two day they do the bike race and then they do some kind of a fair. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? was that the slasher at the downtown crit? They had the yeah the Vancouver the courthouse crit the courthouse crit yeah but it, but I think it was associated with like. Um, it was some kind of beer festival yeah. in Estes Park. Yeah. Yeah. Genius. Yeah. They, do that it's up great. In, they do that up in uh, Berrien. Is that yeah. the name of the town in Washington? No, Vancouver did uh, not make that easy on David Arute, though, to be completely honest. No. Let's not no. give Vancouver any credit here. That was after I know that he talked with yeah. you, Jacob, more in detail about yeah. it. They did not make that easy on him. So he had to yeah, he had to grind really hard to make that race happen. Right. I, I don't know what her, her secret recipe is, but there's somebody that has a secret sauce, and that is Chris with Y Racing. She's just got away with the different municipalities where she's got she's great, great inroads. Like her. And, and there's a reason they, they yeah. love her. And she's phenomenal. Like I just like you get to like, talk with her and you just like, I want to do stuff to help your organization. It's like yeah. the biggest organization out there, but <laughs> she's got something going on. And I think that she's got something that we can all learn from once we find that out, we'll share. <laughs> but it's one of those things where she's got really good relationships where when she wants to put on an event, they've got her back and they are supporting her and they want to make sure that it keeps going on. So I, I think that's a good point for me. Like, you guys have it a lot harder on this side of the state. Yeah. Like, for me, like, they, everyone wants someone to come to our towns. They're so. like, wait, you're going to bring hundreds and hundreds of people to our <laughs> yeah. town to spend so money? And, I, and <laughs> yeah. They, so it's a lot different. That we, they won't. Like, we'll make soup. <laughs> I can hear the six shooters in the air right now. <laughs> like, for example, Echo yeah. was like, okay, you're going to close the streets down, and but pretty much it looks like we only have three streets so yeah. um that's like ha- more than half the towns gonna be closed down yeah. that's 33 percent of the towns closed yeah. down for yeah. the race uh, oh but we don't have a form for that like do we have to sign a contract so originally we just had a little handwritten paper um i'm gonna close the streets down and i'll make sure that no trash is left behind Cocktail sure. and we both signed it when <laughs> that was it and like th- lately we got more professional there's a real form now Oh, wow. And we fill it out, and uh, I, it includes, like, include, have insurance, <laughs> stuff <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> and they're going to have fees, but they're like, yeah, for you, you bring so many people, there's no fees. So 
that's kind of thing that doesn't happen in big cities. It's it's a lot. Sounds like a lot harder. No, here it's. We I'm need pretty more sure Portland, Portland has never written on a napkin. Hey, you're good. Have a great race. I don't think <laughs> that's ever happened. <laughs> but that's a municipality. That's a, a group of individuals that understand the value that you bring to the community. And it's not just the fact that you're bringing money in there. Like you're doing a lot of good stuff for the community. If, if local it. people are coming out or you're gonna have fun doing that, and it's a fun day, and, and like Evan mentioned, people are getting exercise, and, and it's not just coming out and doing the race that day. It's the all the training that goes into that. And like, hey, I had fun. I'm gonna go do other ones, and all of a sudden you've got happy people because they're training all the time and they're getting fit and they're losing weight and they're they're progressing through the course of like their whole training process that's that's fantastic i wish more people would see it that yeah. way smiling handshakes yes and uh being and rip each other's thing. legs off you know, <laughs> there you go crushing souls <laughs> all right i think man we could talk about this for hours on end i think we do need to change gears because people are going to start pressing stop on this. So let's jump into one last thing. I know that Evan's probably got to scoot out of here. So we're going to let Evan do his one last thing first. Uh, I'm going and running with the kids at Whisper tonight. Ooh, yeah. So this is, this will be fun. They're young. I think the oldest kid there is like maybe 17 or 18. So I'm just going to be I think the oldest kid. There's 30. God. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be me and maybe, maybe Matt will come out on his mountain bike one of these days with me. Sure. Once his kids start, you know, Ethan. once Ethan starts ripping my legs off here in what, six months. First, it's going to be the swim. If his swimming is any progression, as soon as he jumps into any track running, I am in serious trouble. Dude, we so. need to race him in the pool because now's oh, our chance to beat him on anything. It's gone. No, like, the window's gone. I'm pretty sure he's faster now. He's faster than us in anything except for free. We can still beat him in free. Okay, gotcha. We got to race him like now. That's like, it's got to happen the time. soon. Very wow. soon. Make it happen. Yeah. Yep. That's impressive. We need to heal that shin so we can get in the pool and race him here soon. It, yeah. Well, just, it'll be fine. Just wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> Now you can cut off both legs and have dual Blade Runner thing going on. And, uh, yeah, you can be super fast now. Thanks, Evan. Mr. Matt Legrand, you got one last thing for us? Sure. I always have a video to talk about, and I posted a video that I worked on, like I said, like all day on Saturday. And uh, it was about a new watch from Garmin called the Garmin Epics. Technically, it's the Garmin Epics 2 because it's the second-generation device. But the first generation was like 10 years ago or something like that. So it's pretty much a new device. And it's, it's um, if you're familiar with the Garmin Phoenix watch, it's kind of their like outdoor, rugged, do-all kind of watch. And uh, Jake let me borrow. It was technically his watch, and he let me borrow it for like almost two weeks, a week and a half, so that I could put together this video. And uh, finally got it put together and return your watch. So that was one of your better videos, Matt. That was beautiful. Your intro beautiful. crushed it. And that video is taking care of business. I checked, I think you were about 12 hours in and you'd already had four creeping up on 5,000 views. And it's one of those videos because it's a, it's like new watch. Like people are, that's a lot of people come to my channel looking for that kind of content. And so I had a, a strong feeling that it would do just fine. And so it's doing fine. And there's just so much more content coming just because there's like new products being released by all these different companies. And then, and then just small companies too that are doing really cool things that are letting me test their products and stuff like that. And so lots of cool stuff coming up on the channel. I'm very excited about it. And, uh, and uh, you know, check it out if you're not subscribed already, which I think a lot of the listeners are probably already subscribed. But if you're not, what are you doing? What are you doing with yourself? Maybe, maybe even I could get Lance and Jake to come on the channel with some of their... Uh, drone skills and uh <laughs> and you know us get it working together on some of these videos and things like that to put 
together some cool well, stuff. I, mean, I was we, talking. We had fun when we get together and film. Talk with Lance so. last week after we were doing the one on Friday. I said this is going to be the thing. This is going to be the new future. One day a week we'll be fully Just allocated towards doing that filming. kind of stuff, Go and we want to do stuff to help you out as well. So yeah, that's fun. That'd be fantastic. I'm available for work. Awesome. <laughs> we'll take all the help we can get, man. Because you get out there and you're like. Oh, this you is know, fun. This and you just don't you don't have realize how much time it takes to get going on all this stuff. It's just like okay, three hours. That's not enough time for us to do all the stuff that we want to do. <laughs> but it's cool. Stefano, you got one last thing for us? Yeah, like um, speaking of um, what it needs to have more people at race. race yes, up. please share. We we need uh, racing to be fun. Oh yeah. And uh, fun takes people. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm from a place where racing is too serious. Mm-mm. You don't want to race in Italy ever because uh, there is ca- cut one and that's it. <laughs> so no, no easy entry to any form of, of bicycle racing, uh-huh. uh, especially if we are talking road. So here we in us you have the chance to to start as a real beginner and yeah. enjoy the community so is uh, the community have to keep uh, keep everything fun till sure. uh, you know if you are more than 30 and not racing at the tour de france your 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 uh, window to be a pro racer is over uh-huh. so uh, take that time to have fun gotcha so i'm gonna put you on the spot real quick and ask you one question what would you change how would you make it more fun how would you make bike racing in general more fun here in the States uh, and more more importantly here in the, the greater take, Portland area? Take yourself less seriously yeah. and uh, open up to, uh, you have an extra bike, borrow it to a friend and, and let him uh, join. Sure. Uh, uh, you know a kid that needs help to, to, uh, to start racing because you see him riding a crappy bike around the sure. block all the time borrow him a bike, invited him to participate in, and then uh, it automatically becomes fun. Sure. Because y- you you let someone else enjoy something you you, uh, you enjoy, and the whole community has, has a, a be- becomes part of the fun. Gotcha. That's good points right there. I like it. Thank you, sir. Thank you for coming in today with us, too. Mr. Scott, you got one last thing? Yeah. Uh, racing has begun, so I'm in full race brain. Um, just watching the dates on the calendar click down. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, this last one was my best result. And I think because I had a friend there with me. So Brian uh, came out with me and he was cheering me on. And and you get to a point in the race where if you're by yourself, you just want to settle for that pain. But like I wanted to give more. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> someone gave more to me and like came out. So I, I'm my last thing yeah. is being super thankful of the people that, that I've met. Brian was the very first promoter that I worked for at his race. And he gave me a little behind the scenes of what I would be tackling if I went solo. And, um, yeah, I, I owe a lot to, to Brian and to other promoters that, that have brought me onto their crew. So crazy thankful. I'm excited for 2022 and, uh, yeah, to a good year. Cool. Uh, it's going to be good. Brian. Um, well, I guess one last thing we were going to say, um, it's just kind of a pre, pre-announcement. pre Oh, drum roll. So we're, we're we, going to come out with a... Do we need some breaking news? Yes. <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> Brian's got breaking news. What you got, Brian? Um, it will be what we call a sponsorship. Scholarship. Scholarship. Um, women's program. Um, 
thing for Baker City Cycling Classic. Um, that's going to help grow the women's category and women's racing for for this year. Um, we should have more to come, and stay tuned. Oh, absolutely love that. That's, that's a great fantastic. idea. Anything we can do to get more women out there racing to keep us knuckleheads in check and <laughs> um, just kind of support the community and, and on the whole, that's fantastic. Whatever we can do to help support that, you just let, let us know. Lance. Uh, just a little more love for Echo Red to Red. It was actually the first mountain bike race that I ever did in 2017. So 2017, I'd never raced a mountain bike. I went out and did Echo Red to Red. I loved it so much. I've done 50 mountain bike races since, <laughs> since 2017. So so thank you for uh, getting me started, Brian. It, it's up to it, a lot of that was up to you. So same, same for me. I, I did it on a cross bike. Came home and was like, "Babe, can I get a mountain bike?" I gotta get a mountain <laughs> bike. Absolutely not. So I got a new babe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Actually, um, I used to do a lot of mountain bike racing before I moved here to the uh, Camas, Washougal, Vancouver area, if you will, and. Um, got really into the road stuff. When I first moved here, I was hardly doing any mountain bike stuff at all and was just out riding some of the local trails, but I didn't do a mountain bike race. I think I went from the last one I did was 2015. I did a 20, no, it was a 12 hour race, um, down in, in like the Temecula area, if you guys are familiar with that. And then I just hadn't done a race until echo. I did the 2019 race and that was a hard race. That was a challenging race for me coming back because everybody's heard me talk about this before. I got hit by a car and, and it was not happy times and I got pummeled pretty bad. My shoulder was a mess and my shoulder was just I, like I knew the course and from talking with people, I knew that I could get it done out there. Um, had plenty of Bondo and duct tape on my shoulder that day. So I was able to kind of hold it together. And, and that was a fun race. I really enjoyed that. So Matt, if I can do it with a bum shoulder, that was just a year and a half removed from getting hit by a car and having like multiple surgeries for a piece of experience triathlete like myself should be no problem. (laughs) So I do thank you for that race. It's a phenomenal race. I think that, um, that's one of those ones where See, they're calling. They want to come to your race. <laughs> if uh, if you're unsure about doing a mountain bike race or you're not not sure if you've got the skills or you're looking for something that's um, friendly to newbies and it can be challenging, but, you know, something that you want to come out and at least dip your toe in the water, this is that race. This yeah. is the one that you need to put on your calendar. So um, my one last thing, because that wasn't my one last thing, that was like in capping Lance's one last thing, is we do have the Michael Myers Memorial Time Trial coming up, and I'm super excited about that. That's going to be on March 12th. It'll be a Saturday race. It will be chip time. Um, Wahoo is stepped up, and they're supporting the race, and we've got a few other people that we'll be announcing before we start fully promoting it. Um, we're excited about them coming on to help us out. Uh, y Racing will be helping us out as well, and we've got some cool people. And I just wanted to give a big shout-out to our teammate Ian Gibson because he's been really like, – moving everything he's making yes. everything happen behind the scenes with all of the the stuff that um that i'll say that the crap that i don't like to deal with like all of the the, the paperwork and the logistics behind making sure that everything's taken care of with the city so he's doing a fantastic job with that so i want to say thank you to Ian. so on that note i think uh that's it anybody else got anything they want to say thanks for having us yeah thanks for having us thanks for coming thank you for coming in gents we will see everybody next week until then bye for now